This episode of The Great Equalizer is sponsored by Breast Pumps and Beyond, thought leaders in the world of parenting and lactation. Breast Pumps and Beyond aims to provide people not only with quality baby products, but also insightful and helpful information on all things parenting. This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam's urethra has anxiety. Charlene is ambling aimlessly along. And we talk boob juice. That's so gross, actually. Oh, no. Hello. Hello. I almost didn't greet you there. I don't know where I am. Mm. (laughs) We're actually all over the place. Daydreaming, yeah. Let's start again. One, two, three. Hello, Hello that's listeners <laughs> and Sam. Oh yeah, yeah. We we all over the place. We're, I don't know. I think like I don't know how we're going to steal an extra five hours in the week. Yeah, I don't know. Can anyone clone <laughs> like time or hours or whatever? Oh jeez. Uh, okay, it's Friday. I think. Needless to say, we're both exhausted. Yeah, not even thinking straight anymore. Um. How are you kicking ass? I am kicking ass by way of not falling apart. Good. Well, <laughs> that is <laughs> the jury's out on that. There, it remains to be seen. <laughs> because I'm, I seem like I'm falling apart currently. Ugh, I don't know. I managed to make it through the week and I um, got a lot done. I also got a lot not done, <laughs> but I'm not letting it frazzle me. You know what I realized? I've I've been, uh, as we say, kinder to myself mm-hmm. um, because I used to beat myself up. And when I say used to, I mean like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that was old Sam. That was old Sam. Today's a new day. Yesterday, Sam used to be very cross when I didn't cross all the things off my to-do list. Then I looked at my to-do list and I said, you are one person, woman. One person. Look at all the things you did manage to cross off your yeah. to-do list. Exactly. So I st- I've started like doing things and then writing them down and then crossing them off and patting myself on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. <laughs> like, oh, I, I did that, but I didn't put it on my to-do list. So I need recognition for this thing. So I'm going to write it <laughs> I'm in. I'm going to write it down. Never mind. Never mind the time I'm wasting <laughs> writing it down on a fucking list just to tick it off of that list. I do it all the time. Yeah. So bad. It's, no, it's not bad. I think it's good. I think it's good. Tell us how you are ambling. I'm still just living in this grey cloud uh, moment of my life uh, with this emotional flu that I'm navigating through and so I am trying to not get frazzled too much. I'm just ambling along. I'm just living in the moment. Okay. I think it's good. You are still not uh, staying in bed with a duvet over your head. No. And that is winning. I think so. Good. Good for you. Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. My nanny's daughter was sick, so she couldn't come to work. And Tuesday, I had, Tuesday I had a very unproductive day work-wise. I had lots to do and lots to get through. 
I had meetings that turned out to take longer than what they had planned to. So the admin I'd set out to do that day I didn't get to. So one thing led to another. I had to pick up Josh. Nah, 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 nah. Long story short, I was like, Wednesday's going to be the day that I do this. <laughs> and, then you're, and then life happened. And the universe said, surprise. Yeah. Your nanny ain't coming to work tomorrow. So I didn't work at all on Wednesday. I was home with Jesse. I was in my pajamas until probably... 12 o'clock. Okay. And watched uh, The Voice UK, which changed my life, by the way. I love that <laughs> show. Jennifer Hudson, you are a force and you inspire me. And I did something that I love, binged, watched television and sang Do Re Mi to Jessie. Good. <laughs> I think I think that means you are definitely kicking ass. And can I think you, you believe the it? Wave? I woke up the next day feeling much better, like the cloud was starting to lift and I had some motivation to get things done again. So Thursday, not as productive as it needed to be just because I was so far behind, but Friday I cracked through a lot of things on Friday. And You mean Thursday, today's Friday. Oh yes, Thursday <laughs> and then yes, I cracked through a lot Hello. of things on Thursday but I didn't get to as much as I needed to. But I don't feel so sad about it anymore. Okay. The, the Voice UK people. You watch that shit. It's really good. <laughs> I think I need that. I'll it's tell you what I did. It I, was therapeutic. I, I tell me. you, I think Wednesday I also had a therapeutic moment. Ow. God damn it. What was that? I'll tell you what that was. That was my urethra. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, it wasn't. On top of my urethra anxiety, which I'll get to, that was me jumping in pain because, hello, my Auntie Irma's come to town. <laughs> Rachel's my Auntie Irma. Your Auntie Irma. Uh-huh, period is here, which means I'm not pregnant for everybody who was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering. Were you? Mm. Everybody was wondering last week because I got the tummy bug. <laughs> it was doing the rounds though, so I should have known better. But yeah. Still. <laughs> um, no, Auntie Irma's here, so hello. that hasn't happened. Hello, Auntie. Irma. That's funny. I dated a guy who had an aunt named Irma. <laughs> that is freaking hilarious, actually. Okay. Well, besides me jumping up and down in pain now, um, I woke up on Monday with another UTI. I skipped February, but uh, the track continues where I have had a UTI and or thrush for a year. Once a month for a year. Done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm over it. I don't know how you deal with that. Mm -mm. That is so bad. And why I say my urethra has anxiety, I took medication for it on Monday. Tuesday felt a lot better, but then something happened on Tuesday. I got a huge work setback, emotional kind of uh, tumbling that happened that I just, my nerves were shattered and I lost my shit on <laughs> Tuesday and woke up. Wednesday morning with and you know a UTI is sometimes just a blatant infection mm -hmm. but other times it's just a spasm of the urethra mm. and I actually said to my doctor I had a lot of anxiety yesterday and she's like yeah your uterus your, your urethra could <laughs> your urethra. yeah your urethra could be spasming from stress that might be how you're and so my urethra it, is anxious. <laughs> how it manifests. <laughs> I, I, that's great for dinner conversation. Right? How are you, Sam? Well, I have an anxious urethra. <laughs> Other than that, I'm good. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so yes, funny. it's so like being it's a woman. So man. that I'm laughing at you. <laughs> it's laughable, Charlene. It's laughable. It is actually... It's 
madness. It's, it's getting ridiculous to the point now where it is something you can either laugh about or no, cry I about. No, I feel like I need to take a week off <laughs> at some other point. God knows when that's going to happen. So <laughs> Put your legs up <laughs> and so, <laughs> some ice in a cloth and <laughs> just place it. Chamomile tea. <laughs> just place it in the, the general <laughs> area. Oh, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm just, I'm taking I'm my urethra's <laughs> anxiety away. <laughs> Oh my God, the wheels are coming uh, off. The wheels are coming off slowly but surely. But I, I noticed, I think that's how, like, I just try soldier on. And how many of us women do this? Mm. Where we soldier on and we um, put a good foot forward the next day. I always give myself just 24 hours less than mm. um, to, okay. Wallow can, in it a bit? Yeah, you can be upset. I completely lost my shit at swimming yet again um, in front of a few moms. Um, it was pissing down with rain. I had had some shitty feedback or not really. I, I phoned a potential client. Should I say this? Phoned a potential client and she and I wasn't mentally prepared. I didn't put my best foot forward. I put myself forward, mm -hmm. but I didn't kind of. You didn't have your guard up. I didn't have my guard up. And she rammed me with questions. And I was like, um, I don't know, but, and then she just kind of like cut me off and she's like, not good enough, bum, da, phone me back when you're, when you're better prepared type of attitude. And I could not function after that. I couldn't parent. She broke me down. On top of that, just this woman breaking me down, which what the fuck is wrong with people why do they treat other people like that i don't i don't get it we can that's a whole other fucking oh, discussion yeah, I, have, I have a lot to say about this <sighs> just, i mean it's internet today's international women's day mind you and that's just like a, a public service announcement to all people stop being shit don't be a dick <laughs> be kind <laughs> it's true oh my god i'm not that bad i'm not that i just didn't have my guard up and she shed all over me and made me feel like a moron and, and then I had to go out in the pissing rain to go fetch my son and I would have cancelled swimming lessons only it wasn't a regular swimming lesson it was the swimming coach's exam and it was super important to her and I couldn't drop her so in Here's Sam not knowing how to say no some no, more exactly. listeners please just disclaimer <laughs> just gonna put that out there um so in a Basic flood, I went and fetched my kid. And um, he's like, mommy, lunchbox, mommy. And I'm just like, we are late. We need to get to the swimming. Get to the swimming. The fucking code's not work. It's just this comedy of errors. Just one thing one. after the other, after the other. And then my umbrella wouldn't fucking work. And I swore badly <laughs> and th <laughs> threw my umbrella in front of, I don't know who else was there. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm listening to your story and it was just all of it and I'm just like this is my life. <laughs> like, I swear, I throw shit, oh I lose my, my shit. This, you are so worried about this behavior that was induced by all of these things. I I behave like that on a fucking daily basis. I, I just want to be proud of myself. Be proud of yourself. You were human for once. You didn't have this perfectly uh, composed, didn't have your composure. You were just human. You yeah. can be proud. Of, I'm I proud mean, of you. Charlene, it gets, it gets worse. It just... I get, took Elijah out of the car after throwing my umbrella, got his dinky little umbrella, and that's what we used. And I was soaked when I got into the pool 
or into the room that has the pool, then we've got to get changed. Then the rabid dog that lives at swimming came into the change room and Elijah freaked the fuck out. <laughs> Just <laughs> lost it. <laughs> and... um I, then I lost my temper because I was just like, why, universe, why? <laughs> why are you sending this dog into the change room among everything else that just happened? No. And I took my child and I took my clothes and I took and – I, and I just walked out with all these parents and the coach staring at me and I said, the dog is in there. I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually someone took my child so that I could go change. It was just – and I was just – holding back the tears. Aww. And the next day, the UTI from Monday just came back in full force and I had to take another dose of antibiotics, which of course does wonders for thrush. Like just, what? What? This is, and, and then uh, the next day I did, I, sat, I went to my therapist <laughs> and hashed it out with her, came home and thought before I work, I'm going to have lunch early lunch and I'm going to watch an episode of Working Moms, mm -hmm. the new show on Netflix, um, which we will talk about, I think probably next week or the week after, the, uh, we have to chat about it. But in you'll see it in the preview, if you watch the preview, is a woman screaming in the woods. But you know that like guttural where you've just actually lost, you've lost yourself yeah. and you just need to scream. And I sat in the lounge in front of the TV and just bawled my eyes out. So it was exactly what I needed. I think the fact that I'm sitting here in front of you and I met my deadlines this week and I just charged forward after that and threw myself into work means that I'm still kicking ass. You are for sure. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, just, I hate losing myself. I hate it. And it happens so often these days. But define losing yourself. Not being able to sustain your composure by your standards that's losing mm. yourself yeah why do, why must one sustain composure at all times I let's dissect <laughs> let's dissect i don't know i don't know you said uh, you said that's unrealistic standards unrealistic standards you are a human being and so you have the right to have an emotion and some emotion you're not you're not Behaving like that every single day. You're not stabbing someone with a knife for crying in a bucket. Mm -mm. So you shouted a little I threw cuss things, words and, yeah. oh my, you didn't throw it at a person or at a window. You threw a broken umbrella like, fuck you, umbrella. It's <laughs> <laughs> in front of my child. <laughs> and then, yeah. so he gets exposed. Let me tell you something. <laughs> he is a toddler. He's going to throw plenty things. Lies we tell our children, we don't throw things. Really? We don't? Yeah. We do throw things. We do. We do every day. <laughs> At least once a week. It can't become common practice, understandably so. But what the hell? So you threw an umbrella. Yeah, and swore. Just take it in swearing and yeah. swore. In public. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Who cares? <sighs> okay. Charlene, I will be easier on myself. I will learn to lower my standards a little. Yes. I am not... Kate Middleton. Where the fuck is the composure police? Where are they? <laughs> I want to I see those fuckers. Get out of here. 
Okay, guys, ah. <laughs> we've gotten overwhelming requests from listeners uh, to do an episode on breastfeeding. So yes. speaking about keeping your composure, right? <laughs> <laughs> we've spoken about it here and there's not quite gone. We didn't quite go into the nitty gritty of it and now individual experiences. Yeah, so but I think this time last year, the issue was a little bit fresh for you, Charlene. For damn sure. So um, are you ready to talk about it now? I am ready. Good. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Okay, so while you were still pregnant or even pre-pregnancy, what were your breastfeeding hopes and dreams? I had quite an open mind about breastfeeding. I wanted to breastfeed. I wanted to, to, I was dedicated to the cause or achieving it or being successful. So I was really ready to apply myself. I had read a lot about it. I watched a lot of videos um, for practical um, advice so I could see just and understand the like physicality of it and how to position yeah. baby and that because kind of thing. Because if you do actually think about it, thinking pre-have actually having that baby of something or someone putting their mouth to your nipple and it's to drink. It's weird. I felt very weird about it. I'm not going to lie. It's strange. I don't know why I felt weird about it, but I did think about it. And also I think my boobs were very sensitive. And so if there's any dads listening today, just be prepared. Well, we've already covered a quivering uterus. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> anxious. <laughs> You're anxious urethra. Urethra. <laughs> quivering <Sorry>. uterus. <laughs> No, that's for the sex episode, Charlie. <laughs> this is for the, for the touch base on Sam's well-being. Anyway, um, an anxious urethra. So we've already covered like quite gory details. But, I mean, this is nothing about breastfeeding is sexy. So if any dads are listening and you haven't had a breastfeeding wife yet. Speaking of, there must be breastfeeding porn. <laughs> there must be. Isn't that the th a theory? If it, if something exists, there's a porn of it, right? <laughs> that is exactly there the There must theory. be yes. some kind of... Okay, it's not... Uh, generally, breastfeeding is not sexy, except for the few. <laughs> might be turned on. Exactly. Anyway, rabbit hole. Saving private <laughs> Ryan, saving Ryan's privates. Yeah. So there's always a porn version of everything in this life. So. Anyway, so I had watched a lot of videos for practical examples, and the more I read about it, the more I realized that there's quite a trick to it, and it's mm. not this thing that, oh, it's so natural, it's such it's a beautiful... The more I read about it, and the more I looked at videos and research on it, I was just like, this is not as natural as people mm -hmm. make it out to be, let's just be honest. So I was quite aware of what potential challenges I could face, um, which I think did help me to a degree because if I had gone into it with this, oh, my baby's going to be born and he's just going to latch and we're just going to have this bonding and it's so beautiful, I probably would have been even more depressed about it than what I was. So Okay, so in reality, talk to us about what happened. Also, I was very prepared for... If we do manage the breastfeeding, 
winner. I really want to do it. Yeah. But if we don't, I'm not going to kill myself to give this kid a boob when he is malnutritioned and he just could do with being given a friggin' formula bottle. Because at the end of the day, the kid needs to eat. So if you can't manage the breastfeeding thing, the baby's health and well-being For is sure. first prize. For sure, yeah. Breastfeeding is healthy, but if you don't fucking manage it, then what must you do? So that was, we were open to any eventuality. So Joshua is born and I get to look at him for a few seconds. I had no skin to skin and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Off he goes in the baby little incubator. Mm -hmm. So also just to clarify, you had a C-section. C-section. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so and no home birth where you gave birth in water and, and the baby clutched him to your chest and he crawled to your boob because he smelled the, mm. like you were in theatre and they had to take him to look at his specs and do the apgar and measure and weigh and make sure he's fine. You see him cuddle, take a picture, and he gets. Taken away. Yeah, whisked the, away. Then I get into my room after being in the recovery room for a while and I'm quite out of it and I'm lying there and I'm like, where's the baby, where's the baby, where's the baby? It's visiting hours and people are arriving and they're like, how's the baby? I was like, I fucking don't know. He's mm. still, I haven't seen him. Like he's still in the nursery. I, Rhett says he did tell me, but honestly, we spoke about it when Josh was like six months old. He was like, yeah, love, but that happened because Josh had a problem with his breathing. And I was like, what? Yeah. Josh had a problem with his breathing. When were you going to tell me this? And so that caused the delay to the breastfeeding. I had Josh with me, tried to get him to latch. He, this kid, I don't know why. His latch was shallow. I didn't know his latch was shallow because I didn't know what a shallow latch felt like. The whole first day, I couldn't get him to drink. He was born at uh, 15 minutes past eight in the morning and by half past 10 that night he had not had a single drop of yeah. anything to drink and had you told the hospital staff anything about top-up milk or had they so advised they were saying what? to Rhett listen can we give this kid formula and he asked me and I was like no bring him I will feed him let me keep trying we will feed mm. he breastfed that's it we will feed. Because also what I'd read was if you do give a top-up uh, in the early days, because a lot of hospitals will say, listen, he's probably not getting enough, let's give him a top-up of formula. I had read this, don't do that if you can avoid it because it causes all, problem, all kinds of problems in the gut and the stomach's not used to... Uh, Oh, not to Breaking mention like nipple confusion and, all and uh, drinking out of a bottle is so much easier and he's going to reject your nipple and there's, uh, they, it's like scaremongering so for maybe, new mothers. Maybe yeah. I had set myself up for failure by being overly informed because some things are just better to be handled whilst ignorant. I mm. don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so that was in itself a traumatic experience. So half past ten that night... Red's like, listen, love, I hear you on this thing. And Red's not often uh, um, for, like forceful with the things. And he said to me, we need to make a call here. 
this kid's vomiting up its, his own mm. stomach acid. We mm. need to make a call. Yeah. I was like, okay, fine, give him formula. So that was day one. Shit. Then, I mean, there's so much I can tell you. To give you the short version of this, I had nurses in the hospital, like pinching my nipples going. Yeah, it's not pretty. Yes, and pulling, and it wasn't a sexy experience at all. While struggling to get the whole, holding my baby right, the drip pulled out of my hand. It was so unpleasant. So then to get the colostrum out, I pumped with a, a breast pump. And then mm-hmm. we bottle fed him the colostrum in hospital. Mm-hmm. Guess what that did? Mm-mm. When my milk came in, it was a lot. Now, your milk coming in is a lot. So it, you were stimulated. I was overstimulating the breasts because I wasn't pumping like my baby would realistically drink. I was just like, okay, we need milk. Let's pump, let's pump, let's pump. So I was telling my breasts that... They need to produce milk like I'm feeding a small village. An army. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that created a forceful letdown. Then when I got home, that created more problems. My latching issues continued. I was effectively drowning my child with the amount of milk that was coming out of my breasts. So I can now talk about these things um, and just see the humor in it because I remember a specific incident where I'll tell you about two things quickly. Um, uh, if, if we're going into this now, are we still talking about shortfalls? <laughs> or, or <laughs> we are still talking about shortfalls. <laughs> okay, I have a lot to say about this topic. I'll tell you two funny things quickly and then it's not all about you, Charlene. We'll have to hear from Sam at some point. <laughs> anyway, so I sat on the couch, took my boob out and I had... It was like baby was ready to feed. My mom was still bringing Josh to me. And as I took my boob out, and Red sat next to me on the couch. We have tiles in our living room. And I was just getting into position with my breastfeeding pillow, and I took my boob out. And four full-blown strands oh, of milk didn't trickle down my breast, but Shut sprayed up. out of my breast three tiles away. Oh, Oh That's gosh. how far it's like, um, it's, sprayed. it's like projectile boobing. Projectile boobing is what I was doing. Red sat next to me and he went, whoa, what was that? <laughs> I was like, that is breast milk, dude. Yes. And so that's the force at which my milk was coming out. Now imagine that small baby that can't even suck it. And like how Yeah, this tiny, because you forget, they are yeah, so tiny. We left the hospital, he was 2.6 kilos. Oh my God. That's how small he was. Yeah. Like he couldn't even, he couldn't yeah, suck little properly. Yeah, or so, oh yeah. It's Speaking of small, I have a photo of my breast. If you take a standard size soccer ball and you hold next to it, uh, probably what, maybe a, a little golf ball? Uh, I'd probably say like a tennis ball or yeah. a cricket ball. yeah. That is what Josh's head yeah. looked like compared to it's my bizarre. breast. Now your breast is so tight and full. How do you even get that? And they they're not they're not. It's not called nipple feeding. Say the specialist. Yes. It's called breast, breast feeding. feeding. So, so the baby's got to bite it like an apple. He can't even get the tip of my nipple <laughs> into his mouth because the bro- the boob is so full. It's so hard. It's so hard. No one tells you about no this one shit. Does. No, but it's, all you hear is it's so natural. It's so lovely. It's yeah, so yeah, nee, nee, motherhood nee. is beautiful. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Another story. My breasts were engorged and quite painful, so my mom was like, "Cabbage leaves, 
cabbage leaves yes. rates off to the fruit and veg <laughs> and buying <laughs> buying a fucking cool cop and yeah. he comes home with this massive ball of cabbage and so I'm like okay and those things stink yeah like you pop them into your bra and hold them over your breast so think of the biggest head of <laughs> cabbage that you've ever seen in your life okay yeah. that outer leaf of cabbage yeah did not fit around my one breast that's how big and engorged they were Mm-mm. I'm walking around with cabbage leaves in my bra. <laughs> Hello, hubby. How sexy am I? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, that's, those are just some of the stories I can tell you. And Charlene, okay, uh, you ended up pumping mm-hmm. exclusively mm-hmm. for six goddamn months. I did do that. Well done. I don't know if it's anything. No, it is. It is. It is. (laughs) Let me tell you how I got to that. It was a means to an end. I was sitting between, uh, I really want to breastfeed my baby. Um, Not for any other reason, just because I want to, I wanted to try and achieve that. It was just one of my mom goals, you know, not because I'm against bottle feeding or because I think it's worse for the child or anything. I, I have no... That was strong, what you wanted for yourself. I have no strong Fair opinion enough. about it. I really wanted to be able to master breastfeeding with my child. It was just a goal for me. And so I decided to just apply myself. And when we really battled at about eight weeks of, and everybody said after six weeks, it'll get easier, it'll get easier. And then, and then it fucking doesn't. And then it just did not. Mm. It did not get easier. And then I said, okay, well, maybe I'll pump some. So do some bottle feeds and some breast feeds after eight weeks and see how we go. We got to 12 weeks and it was not any better. In fact, it was worse. Now, some experts might say it's because you bottle fed, nipple confusion, da 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 da. My kid would like arch his back and scream and open his mouth and try and move away from the nipple in his mouth. So I read a lot about that, and those were the signs of, uh, as they say, of nipple confusion. Okay. Mm. Later, I found out I think it was probably a forceful letdown, which was the problem. Now, while all of this was happening, I was calm and I was taking it in my stride. But what sat with me very strongly was, you have so much milk. Like Mm. the things things I expected to battle with was, is my baby getting enough food in? Is my baby drinking enough milk? Am I producing enough milk? Mm. There are moms that's, yeah. who cry to, I, I wish I could breastfeed. And then, okay, I'm going to make this statement. And whoever's listening to this who's very pro-breastfeeding, or if you are a breastfeeding expert, then you're probably going to be like, yeah, but she didn't, or you probably didn't. Moms say, I didn't have enough milk. And then a breastfeeding expert says, well, you need to feed more regularly so your body can produce more milk. Just keep feeding, just keep feeding, just keep feeding. I know of moms who stood by that theory of, I'll just keep feeding, I'll just keep feeding. And the milk was not nutritious enough. It didn't have the right components to feed the body, the baby, and to help them gain yeah. weight. Sometimes your milk does not have the right nutrients. It might be some imbalance in your body, vitamins, whatever. I, maybe you're too stressed. Who knows? But that is a legit thing and it happens. I have something to, to add to that and then I want to hear from you about Jess. Um, 
our whole premise is no judges, right? Exactly. And yes, there are going to be experts and women who have succeeded at breastfeeding who are going to listen to this and go, yeah, but this. And they are always willing to help, which I really appreciate. It comes from a place of being helpful. Yeah. Yes. And it's always a, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Some women have legitimately tried it all. I've got a friend who had breast reduction surgery. She set out to breastfeed her child and did literally everything she had like bouts of severe severe mastitis and was trying to pump and could not eke out a drop do not tell me every woman can breastfeed Mm. it's not true do not and do not tell women that because Mm. it makes you feel shit and we are not in the business of making people feel shit about themselves the the hilarious thing for me and i can laugh about it now is the not the naivety with which I, I viewed it then, but the, for example, my nanny arrives one morning and I am bottle feeding Josh. And she says to me, oh, he's drinking from the bottle. Is it formula? And I said, no, it's my breast milk. I pumped it um, mm. for him to drink. And she's like, oh, you, you don't like to breastfeed, hey? <laughs> and you just want to cry. It you was, actually just want to weep when it someone... It was innocent, yeah. what she said, but it offended me so deeply that I just cried. Yeah. And then I had to pump because I put Josh down for sleep and then it was time to pump. Speaking of which, how I managed to do that, I decided you have so much milk, you may as well, whether he's drinking it from your nipple or breast or drinking it from a bottle, at least he's getting it in. You have it. Mm. Give it to him. Mm. When it dries up, I'll stop giving it to him. Mm. So... Then I got onto this um, uh, group where it's exclusive pumpers. Mm-hmm. And I read a lot there about how some women were managing it and how they did it. And I read the tricks and I proceeded to pump every three hours, every day, mm. night and day. There were some nights that my baby slept and I had to set the alarm mm. to wake up to, to mm-hmm. pump. And that was hard, but... I think my, I was in a dwell. I just did it. I did it because I had to do it. And yeah, so it's one foot in front of the other. Hmm, you just yeah. get through it. And yeah. if you don't think about it too much, it was hard, but it was easier than looking at the distress my child was in every time I presented him with my nipple and he went fucking ballistic. Yeah. I felt like I was torturing him. And listen, so this, a similar thing happened with Jess. And you went into your pregnancy and birth with Jess armed with... All of this knowledge of and this experience. Di- and different information and a different tactic and a lactation consultant. Mm. Everything. There's nobody that can look at you and say you did not try everything. Exactly. So with Jess, we got to eight weeks exclusively breastfed. I did things differently in the beginning, like not pumping for the colostrum. I didn't get skin to skin with Jess immediately, but I tried to counteract that by keeping her naked, not wiping her down and just getting her onto my chest as quickly as possible. I managed to get to her quicker because she was a bigger baby, didn't have breathing issues. She lay on my chest uh, in the nude. She latched like a little champ and she just drank like a little, I used to call her my titty mons, she's a little titty monster. And she would, when she latched, she would go, like, it was so cute. I miss those days. She was just the cutest little redhead. <laughs> she's still the cutest little redhead, but I wanted to take a bite out of her. And we did well. For eight weeks, exclusively breastfed. I was so proud. No difficulties. She drank very well. When we got to three months, and it was probably related to that leap, um, that developmental leap that they go through. Yeah. Um, she, 
I don't know if she got more aware of her surroundings, but she was just like, I don't want this thing in my face. And I think, again, my, my letdown was was forceful still, but it was less so than what it was with Josh because I had done all sorts of things, laid back position, feeding, no pumping until a certain time, all of that stuff. I was armed with this knowledge. So I did all those things to counteract it. So the forceful letdown was still there, but it was just not as severe as it was with Josh. And I think that maybe that's why I managed to go on the breast a little bit longer with Jess. And she did the same thing, recoiled. And I think what the lactation consultant said to me at one point was the baby associates the dis or the uncomfortable feeding with the forceful letdown because the milk comes at them so quickly. Mm. It's a little bit, not traumatic, but it's not easy to feed. So or pleasant when, for them. Pleasant, yeah. So when the boob comes to them and you present the nipple, they recognize it and they're like, oh shit, I'm going yeah. I'm gonna, uh, uh, I'm gonna to yeah. suck, 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 suck to get this down now. It's too much. I even did like pre-hand expressing a little bit, all of that stuff. But it didn't work. I tried very hard. We managed three months exclusively breastfed. And then I was faced again with, do I pump? Or do I pump a little and formula feed? Uh, Josh had been, I started giving Josh formula from five and a half months. So he had a combination of breast milk and formula from the bottle. Um, And so at three months, it was a bit early for me, but I thought to myself, do I pump again? Not with a toddler. Pump every three hours, have Uh -uh. a toddler and a small baby. Uh -uh. It's It's hard. And you went back to work. Yes, I had to go back to work again. I just, I, I tossed a coin and I, I took, uh, I copped out. I, it was a cop out, I suppose, because I could have. I could have applied myself and I had to make a decision which is going to be the best version of me for these children because what, what am I sacrificing? Am I applying myself and pushing through? At the risk of your sanity and that stage. being a broken down. I, I remember moments sitting with Jess and just crying and Josh would walk past the room and he would say mommy why are you sad Mm. and I just just like I don't want to be this Mm -mm. version of myself funny story though the first time Josh saw me breastfeeding with Jess this was a I love this and I didn't know how to handle it he came over and he was like mommy um, I want juice. I also want juice pointing at my boob. No way. And he wasn't breastfeeding. He hadn't been on my boob for a very long time. Yeah. And I wasn't going to say, no, you can't have any. It's just for babies. So, and Jesse was screaming. I was like, okay, my boy, do you want to taste? Do you want to sip? <laughs> so, I, no way. I let him suck. And he, he took it in his mouth and he gave a big suck and had a bit of a yucky that's warm and strange yeah and i was like do you like it and he said well, it was like a not convinced face, like yeah <laughs> i don't want to offend you mom but okay and then he he's i put his sister back on the boob and she drank and every time i started breastfeeding jess he was like mommy i also want juice but then he would come to the nipple and he would just fake swallow he would go like he wouldn't latch onto the boob. He would just go every single solitary feed with Jesse. He would see it's time to feed. He would like, mommy, my juice. And I'd give him oh. a fake suck. And then he'd like, oh, delicious. And then I would feed yeah. Jess. So that was cute and funny. You had your moments. It was weird to have a toddler for someone who hadn't been breastfeeding 
Yeah. Like, if you breastfeed until, like, 18, 20, 24 months. They can almost remember. And but as a mom, Josh, no. you get used to feeding a bigger child on your breast. It was the strangest thing to for me to have a big child, like, attached to my <laughs> boob. It was very weird. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's how we coped with the feeding. Okay. I want to um, chime in here with a listener who's got some funny stories of her own, and then I'll tell you a little bit about my journey. Let's hear it. Funny stories about breastfeeding so i've had a full-on conversation with my dad and forgot i was breastfeeding openly <laughs> so yeah that was a funny one and only realized afterwards i said oh my god i'm so sorry my dad's like he didn't even notice so that's a funny one the other one is i climbed in the shower with sebastian and he's like mommy mommy and meantime, I started leaking, obviously, because of the shower, and it fell on his head. And I told him, no, it's good for him. He will never lose hair ever in his life. Uh, Michael thought it was kind of gross. Mm. So those are funny stories. And then, yeah, obviously, when you're intimate, sometimes, um, yeah, things happen, <laughs> and uh, you start leaking. And then, yeah, you have to actually wear a bra. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, when I um, stopped breastfeeding eventually, it was a very strange sensation to be intimate again uh, without a bra. Exactly. Because I just, I didn't even like, and Ray's not a boob man, luckily. Um, so it didn't really bother him that I would have, for a year and a half, I had a bra on when we were intimate. It didn't really worry him all that much. He was focused on the goal. So, <laughs> overshare, but my <laughs> husband is a boob guy. Well, yeah. So, obviously. how did he cope with that forceful letdown? I think he coped fine. Very little puts him off. So, he's, <laughs> in fact, nothing puts Rhett off. It's just, again, <laughs> probably just focused on the goal. But anyway, he is a boob guy. So, it was very weird for me because, sorry, love, for sharing <laughs> our stories. But it was odd for me to, like, not, like, the deed would chat. It would be we would navigate those waters very differently <laughs> to what I was used to. So there was no fondling and loving in the chest area yeah. at all whilst being intimate, which was strange that for me. Strange. <laughs> so a little bit of my journey. I must, I'm going to start at the end and that's work your way back and work my way back. When I got to the end, we breastfed for 17 months. And when I got to the end, um, I was weaning myself off of eglinol, which was not only helping me emotionally, but also helping me with milk production. And I was like, enough, I can't keep taking this medication. And I had also slowly but surely stopped uh, pumping. So, and and because he was, he's a toddler now. So mm. he, in my mind, I was okay with giving him water and other liquids while he was breastfeeding. And, um... So I had stopped pumping and then um, got to evening feeds only. And one night I gave him, gave him an option and I said, okay, you can have booby or you can have a bottle. Which one do you want? And he pointed to the bottle and I was like, okay. I wasn't even upset. We had had a good innings. And I have to say the thought crossed my mind of what was that all about now? The whole thing, the whole breastfeeding journey why we're talking about as much pressure as I put on myself to not lose my shit. Mm. Um, well, the same was true for breastfeeding. Not a drop of formula passed my child's lips because 
God forbid, yeah. you give your child yeah. formula. Heavens, for heaven forbid, you are <laughs> that person. I thought, what, what the fuck, fuck did I do that for now? Yeah, and it was beautiful. And maybe with my second child, I still won't give formula because I'm I was lucky enough to be able to breastfeed like that. Yeah. yeah, and I will have had flexibility now, more flexibility than I did with Elijah. So I think I might be able to swing it, but I think the pressure's off now. Mm. I really got to the end, and I thought, well done, Sam. Pat on your back, you did well, but yeah, okay. What was that now? To be honest with you, Sam, to, not to interrupt where you were going with this because I know you've got a lot to say still, but just at, just to interject and say about this breastfeeding versus formula, and that's a whole separate discussion that I think we can get into, even get like an expert on board and have another breastfeeding oh, no, episode. No, we definitely are going to do that. And tackle that angle of breastfeeding. But for the purposes of today, um, I, we really just want to get into the bullshit we put ourselves through yeah. and and also the the bullshit around breastfeeding because it's not this perfect, beautiful, fluffy, natural, instinctive thing. There are funny, ridiculous, mm. unsexy, difficult, <laughs> cuck moments for the most part. And I remember thinking to myself while I was trying to manage this thing, just looking down at my baby and being like, Charlene... Focus on the goal, focus on the goal. Yeah. This is hard, but focus on the goal. It's so shit. Think of the, the bonding. Think of the the oxytocin. Think of the, the you know, well, what, what, what? The probiotics. The yeah. na, 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 na. Then you get to the very end, like you, at 18 months, and you or 17 months, and you're just like, well, that's a bit of a bathos. Like, okay, what, yeah. now what the fuck? Like, what now? <laughs> like, why and, did I do that? And at the end of the day, you look at, like, let's put Josh and Elijah in a room together Elijah's clearly a lot better developed than Josh. No, obviously. Yeah, no. He's, he's much more intelligent. And healthier. And, yeah, I mean, like Josh <laughs> has that extra finger that he grew because I gave him <laughs> formula. formula. <laughs> <laughs> that extra finger that he grew. Sorry, that was a shit joke. <laughs> Charlene, just be, stop being uncouth. <laughs> anyway, yeah, th- I mean, my kid is not a Neanderthal because I gave him formula. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to let Sam compose himself. Luckily, I'm good at talking too much. I just think it's such horseshit. <laughs> it's such, it's such horseshit. Pressure's off, ladies. Y- we are calling it. <laughs> it's done. I mean, you fed for 17 months. You basically for 17 months. And I'm so proud of you i remember Thank in your you. early days hard, yeah. i i remember looking at you some days with elijah and he was just being difficult and yeah. to feed him was difficult i looked at you and i i, I felt your pain because that was josh that for struggle, me every yeah. day it was hard and and again i after a while with jess i had the same thing but also i can understand where you were coming from. The tenacity from. that I had. And where it was you coming You know, I from. think it was because I feel like I failed at birth. Mm. I, which also is bullshit. Which but is another bullshit story for another bullshit day. But that's how you felt. You but can't change how yeah, you feel. I set out for an all-natural birth. I labored for a really long time. Um, I had issues and... Um, <sighs> No, here you go. It's still, it'll always be raw for you like this. Oh, I remember this face. When you told me this story the first time, you had this very face on (laughs) the tears. All all I could do was give him my mock. I hear you. He went straight into Niku, who was uh, 
uh, what? He was a big baby. He was fine. He wasn't prim, but he had an issue. So I will cover that in my birth episode. But um, all I could do was yeah, give you, him my milk. Yeah. And so I did. And so he didn't get to latch for a good two weeks, ten days. Um, but I could pump, and so I did. And I fed him my milk, and he flourished. And I did. I had that nurse with a spoon pushing at my nipple to get that colostrum out. And I, like, every milliliter that I got out of my boobs, I just, like did a happy dance and I sent friends messages of you know look at what I could pump and it was like 50 mils at a go and you know in the beginning days you're just like yes sure you look at like other like Facebook groups and that that like people are pumping like 200 mils and you know it makes your heart sink and that for me is another like shut the fuck up Susan situation mm. like good for you but that's some not people can journey. get 50 mils out you know Anyways, I did. I, I managed it. We practiced a lot. And at 10 days, he managed to latch. And I sat on day 11 in that. Um, I sat on day 11 in the Niku and went today. I think it was my birthday. <laughs> it was my 30th birthday. And I said, today I'm sitting here from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And we are practicing this. And I sat with my baby and we practiced. And mm. I YouTubed ways and I spoke to the nurses and to the wonderful Niku nurses and um yeah I managed to get into latch and I I won. I won at breastfeeding but we faced so many challenges after that and I thought this is not for nothing. I failed at natural birth and my child was very ill and I need to give him this. I need to give him breast milk. And so to cut a very long, long journey short, I we had um, thrush, which was a huge challenge. I had to change how I was eating. I had to change how how I fed and and the, all all mannerisms of you know just making sure you don't uh, you know reinfect each other. And I we charged through that um, and. We also, <laughs> he had silent reflux and that was also like a gut feeling. And after like 10, no, longer, weeks, after several weeks of me going, he's got reflux to every doctor I saw, eventually my pediatrician saw me feeding and saw how he was behaving and said, oh, he's got silent reflux. And I went, I knew it. It's that mom instinct, that mm. gut feel. And finally, when he had Nexium, um, which was used to treat his reflux, it got so much better. And then I was going back to work, but I was still I still had postpartum anxiety, obviously, if I think back to all of this trauma. And um I went on to Eglinol, which helped my mood, and geez, did it help my milk production. And I won. It was I didn't have a heck of a lot of milk. I had just enough for my child. And I gotta say, big kudos to moms who pump at work it is really hard mm. I fought I, I, I didn't really fight for it but I kind of shouldered my way into and didn't ask with pleading hands for mm. a breastfeeding space I just said give me the key this is the only place in this open plan office that locks I will be breastfeeding here and it was I'll hard and in, uh, I will be pumping here it was hard and it was uh, embarrassing mm. um you know you do feel like a bit of an outcast also which is also bullshit yeah every single day i had milk splashed all over me i even went in the first few months to go breastfeed elijah at at lunchtime 
And I just, I, I did it all. I did all the things. And then when I, like I say, when I got to the end of 17 months, I thought, okay, Sam. And now you've still got another like 20 years to go with this kid and plenty of other shit that's going to make you weep. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to your story again. God. I've heard this story a lot. And I, well, we've often spoken about it. And I, it never uh, ceases to amaze me. So I see you, my friend. Thank you. And I do salute you. And this is, this is genuine what I'm telling you now. It comes from my heart. You know this. But, and before I cry, I have to just say, did you, I'm listening to your story now, and then I'm listening to your story about <laughs> the no composure at the pool the other day, and <laughs> the shit that life throws at you, and I was like, you're still surprised that this happens to you? <laughs> like, you're surprised that you struggle through things? Because it's this is just your life. Life throws yeah. shit at you, but... So you friggin' lose your composure sometimes. <laughs> it's just you're predisposed to be exposed to unreasonable situations. True, that's life, and the it? the good news is that you manage to just soldier through it. Like like so many other moms out there, I'm sure they do. And so without Getting too soppy, and this is a light-hearted episode. I think <laughs> so it was supposed to poking be. <laughs> fun at the at the struggles. Well, for me, I can laugh about it now. You are you had success with the breastfeeding through a lot of struggles, yeah. Um, but that didn't come. It came at a price because you. Thank God you you managed the because imagine if you had to start. No, I would have felt like one big fat failure battle because again <laughs> yeah. I call friggin' BS on the you failed natural birth that that is what society I still gave birth to a child that is what society injects into our brains yeah. and that I call BS on that and also I wanted to ask you in um, ICU did they uh, only spoon feed Elijah or did he get a bottle at some point no he did get a bottle so Here's my point. Mm. I call BS on the nipple, on confusion, nipple confusion also. I also do. Here's a kid who fed on the breast exclusively for 17 months who had a friggin' bottle in hospital. Bullshit on nipple confusion. Yeah. I don't buy it. I do <laughs> not buy it. And a challenge. Lactation consultants and other specialists to call Please in. Please enlighten us <laughs> yeah. because I would like to be proven wrong. <laughs> okay, listen, there's there's so much else. God, I mean, you had mastitis. I didn't have mastitis. I was I was so scared of mastitis. I didn't I couldn't afford to be sick, you know? <laughs> but I did have blocked ducts. Oh, I had that. Um which is so so wonderful. I didn't have inverted nipples. That's also why I was intense on breastfeeding. My I, my nipples changed and they protruded. They're like little jelly tarts. They and I wanted went, to do this. They had to do this because otherwise they were useless. <laughs> otherwise, what did they change for? My nipples were never like little jelly tarts. Oh I remember God. a nurse saying to me, yeah, um, what did she say? Um, Yes, uh, you white girls, you have different nipples. <laughs> and she was like pulling, pulling. Well, I don't know. I've I've seen many breasts in my life of all uh, persuasions and all races and like walks of life. I don't know. You inspect them, I really. But also, I, I never in my mind thought that it was a, a white versus black or an Indian versus white thing. Yeah. I just, these are the nipples I have. And it's not nipple feeding, it's breast feeding. So I had this nurse like, just, you should put some ice on it. So that my so nipple that they come out hard and come out a bit more. 
<laughs> that's weird. It's weird. It's now so that everybody weird. knows not, what my boobs look like. It's not natural. It's so. It's not natural. Mm. It's be- it can be beautiful. It can be all of those. We know. We know. We know. And when you get it right, let's not lie to ourselves. I did have moments where yeah. that little kid was suckling at my boob, and in a strange turn of events, I was just so friggin' happy. I was like, oh, "Look at you yeah. eating that thing. You have it." Yum 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 yum. It does. It it can be beautiful. Mm. But we're here to, to tell mothers and mothers to be. It's not always like that. Mm. So I've got a friend who, um, you know, th- big thanks to a free range mom who, <laughs> <laughs> who called in again earlier. I've got a, a, a one of our regulars who called in and said, um, well, relayed a story that I'm familiar with, and she was quite successful at breastfeeding. It, it did come naturally to her. So um, I wanted her to share a little bit about. Biting. So I kept changing the goalpost when it came to breastfeeding. Um, I initially said that I was going to stop at six months, um, and then I reached six months and I wasn't quite ready. So then I said to my husband, "Well, once he gets teeth, then I'll definitely stop because I'm terrified of biting. So that'll that'll be the end of it." Um, anyway, Matt got his teeth, and. I carried on breastfeeding because they'd only just come out. So I was like, well, you know, I can't give up right away. And the one day, I think he had maybe his third tooth was out. Um, Maybe his gums were a bit itchy. I don't know. But he clamped down on my nipple really hard, really suddenly. And um, I got such a fright that I instinctively smacked my hand to my boob. forgetting that there was a baby between my boob and my hand. Um, (laughs) So fortunately it wasn't very hard, but um, (laughs) it's definitely not my finest breastfeeding hour. Um, I'm now on baby number two and the little guy has just sprung his first tooth, like literally yesterday. and I'm already terrified because this little guy from day one has had the knack of clamping down and then pulling his head to the other side, especially when daddy walks into the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I suspect I'll be closing the door whenever I breastfeed and everybody's going to have to knock or something. I don't know. I'm I'm terrified of the, the, the abuse my nipples are, are in for. <laughs> Abuse is right. That is the right uh, way to put it. Um, I did also smack Elijah once for biting me. It's a a reflex. A reflex, yeah. It's totally a reflex. I spoke to a lactation consultant once and she said that they teach when the baby bites for the first time, you flick them on the earlobe with Ah. your fingers. Just a, not hard, just a flick so that it, it... takes them out of that moment so they realize that there's a consequence to biting yeah and then they they eventually stop doing it so i don't know if that is what everybody teaches or this was her advice yeah i never got to the biting stage although jesse did clamp down with her gums on, which is also uncomfortable and then she would like shift her front her top uh, uh gums over like her bottom so like going back and forth with her like t- <laughs> yeah and then my nipple would be clenched in between nice. them i'd be like that's 
quite painful. That's special, thanks. <laughs> yeah, sweet. I also squirted Josh in the eyes many a times. Mm. <laughs> He'd unlatch and it would go in his mm. eye. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that has happened as well. That did happen to me as well. Um, not with as much force, but he did have this like Jackson Pollock like spray <laughs> over his face. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? It's uh, talking about beautiful. How about that sexy underwear you get to right? wear those bras? I mean, those are just like bring on the passion. I know. <laughs> Somebody do something about that. Even the ones that are out there, they are some, you know, brilliant. But it's just, it's just not the same. I think they're just supposed to be practical and not sexy. It's just short term. It's a short term solution. <laughs> Listen. So um, this. Regular called in again. Uh, oh, the same one. The same one. Right. Um, to talk about engorgement. Oh, God. Mm, have a listen. I remember the first time Matt slept through the night. Uh, Anthony walked in that morning with Matt and took one look at me and went, whoa, and just sort of laughed at me a little bit. Both my boobs were huge and rock hard. Um, and... When I took Matt to give him a feed, I was sort of, it was as if I was feeding for the first time again because it was so sore from the build-up for him to latch again that I was going, (laughs) (laughs) I remember that it's so painful when your boobs get hard like that. It's like an aching pain. It's weird. It's strange. So listen, I want to close off with one more... um, voice notes and that's just a it's a success story Mm -hmm. for me um and that's just you get extended feeding you know with your toddlers and uh well you know and it's it is it everybody every mom's decision and you do kind of move the goalpost and I don't know if every mom kind of goes I'm going to do this for two years you have no idea actually you can set out and do this so what I want to say to moms firstly is don't beat yourself up if you don't last a month. Uh, don't feel pressured to stop because society tells you that, you know, it's weird after a year or after six months or they have teeth or they can ask for it now or you do you, honey. Mm. So uh, he has a first time caller and um, I really love her message. Hi, Sam and Charlene. Like many moms, I did not know what to expect before my breastfeeding journey began, or even during it in the early days and weeks. Not one to over-research things, hashtag no judges to those that do. I wasn't aware of all the things that could possibly go wrong, and uh, just thought I'd wing it. So I initially thought it'll be a piece of cake, but as soon as I discovered, it wasn't quite the case of plucking my newborn baby on a boob and off we go. We went through the whole thing of waiting for the milk to come in, huge painful sprinkler boobs and bra shopping for 40 DDs. Yep, that happened. My bubba struggled with latching for the first while and I was introduced to nipple shields which some will say are the devil, however they helped us. Eventually after persistence she just latched without them and we were on our way without nipple confusion. I think every mom that breastfeeds is asked how long do you intend to breastfeed for and my answer was always at least a minimum of six months. I was fortunate to have six months maternity leave so that made it easier. However the six month mark came and I returned to work and we were still boobing. I expressed in my lunch hour which I still do and today we are still going strong and my baby in inverted commas is just over 22 months old 
and the plan is to continue until she self-weans. Breastfeeding a toddler though comes with its own set of challenges. There is no more lying still in my arms quietly drinking. Boobnastics is a real thing. Toddler butt in the face, foot in the face, boob hopping and twiddling. Oh my soul, the twiddling. It's a full body workout for both mom and toddler. Yes, some days are harder than others. Frustration does set in. It hasn't all been sunshine and roses. And when the milk isn't flowing quite as fast as you'd like it to and you're short on time, you do start to stress and wonder if it's time to pack away the pump. Um, but then the two of us lock eyes in the chaos and the twiddling and I am reminded of why I am still on this journey. The bond that we share, the special moments that only I get to have with her and when we boob to sleep at night she looks up at me in the dark and says, Mummy, I want two boobies. Please. <laughs> it just makes it all worth it and I'm grateful for all the ups and downs. Naturally, a little support goes a long way and I may not have made it this far without my husband who has more than played his part in this field. He's always encouraging me and always cheering me on during the tough moments. Thanks love, we both appreciate you. Not everyone is in the position to breastfeed and not everyone wants to be and that is totally cool. Fed is best at the end of the day. This parenting gig is literally do what works for you and your family and bugger the rest. I love that. I love that too. That almost made me cry at one point. I it's love what that a nice story. she thanked her husband. Mm. I love that she has, like, I look at her and I forget about those early days. Mm. And she, because it's just so natural for her and her toddler now. It's just, it comes naturally. But for her to say, I thank my husband for cheering me on in the hard moments. There are still hard moments. Mm, she, uh, yeah. It is still difficult. Yeah. Even once you've waxed it, it's difficult. Do not think that you are alone if you struggle to keep doing this. Like with anything else relating to children and parenthood, there is just not one thing that is easy. It's not supposed to. It's obviously not supposed to be easy. It's yeah. all difficult. The good news is it's all temporary. Yeah. Quick feedback. Before we uh, have a word from our sponsor. So quick feedback from um, some Facebook followers. Uh, Philippa, who we spoke to a few weeks ago. Do you want to take that one, Charlene? I love this. <laughs> Had a good No laugh. judges, she says. I hated breastfeeding. I used nipple shields. I hated expressing. I had a glass of wine on the day Aurelia went on to formula after five months of hell. <laughs> Shame. I, I remember her in those early days as well, talking about her struggles. Oh, she was battling. Yeah, so I went to see a dietitian, and then apparently Aurelia was like lactose intolerant. She had to oh, go on fuck. certain formula. And oh, shame. Philippa, <laughs> kudos, honey. Yeah, Sarah says best bonding time. They just need to work on, she just needs to work on how to eat a hamburger while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I remember wanting to eat while you, you do it. You just want to like, like you, yeah, you feel like you don't have your hands free. And hence this podcast, people. And you're hungry all the time. Yeah. I was hungry and thirsty all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Melissa, Mal, uh, we're still breastfeeding at nearly two years. I love it. She loves it. Neither of us are ready to stop. She has a favorite boob, though, and it looks way more used than the other. I think we were very lucky as we had no issues from the start. That's also nice to hear because she, she realizes that it is um, not an easy thing. And also just, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to share details because I haven't asked Melissa, but Mal also happened to have a very, very traumatic birth story. And so, 
she was she got lucky that yeah. this this breastfeeding journey worked out for her. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, we could carry on forever for and days ever, and days. This and episode ever. is already longer than most of our other episodes, even maintenance night, because it's just there's just so much, and I mean, it's so it's such an emotionally charged subject, yeah. especially because you get some people that are like, you know, everybody can do it, and blah blah blah, and you just keep trying and see this doctor and see this lactation consultant and eat this and don't eat that and blah blah, blah. guys. Each one to their own. You do you. If it's not for you, so effing what? That being said, um, we have experts, okay, who we want to put you guys in touch with, um, and that is Breast Pumps and Beyond, today's sponsor. So, guys, we're just giving our own advice here. We are not... This is just our experience. It's, it's yes. just a no judges thing. But Breast Pumps and Beyond, um, this local service, it, it not only aims to provide local moms and dads with quality baby products, um, but it offers insightful information on parenthood and guaranteed you hit... Um, you know, hit them up, they will come back to you. I have gotten to know these people and the people that are behind, um, you know, what goes into their products and stuff. They are not only providing a service and offering products, uh, breastfeeding and pumping is their game, mm. you know. So uh, if you want advice, go and search for it. You want to um, kind of know more about what's out there, I think they'll be able to help you and I know they'll be willing to help you. Let's put it that way. What I really love about um, this Breast Pumps and Beyond service or um, concept, uh, call it what you like, they offer such helpful advice to new moms. I mean, there are those breastfeeding groups that you can belong to and they always say uh, breast is best, don't give up, just do this, just do that. Which is cool too. Which is 100% cool too. But what these oaks offer is... um, uh, specialized products that you can purchase. They really help you through your breastfeeding journey. There's a, a space on their website where you can go for um, real, there's real life stories that they have on their website. Mm. They offer advice and tips that you can read up about. Um, some of the products that they offer, breastfeeding bras from Bravado, anti-colic products from Twist Shake. Um, they give some really great interesting parenting reads. Also products that help you with your postpartum pelvic floor. NB NB guys. Yes, and then there's a product called Upspring, which uh, if you don't know about it yet, it's a milk screen specifically w- uh, offered well, to moms. M- Upspring um, provides Provide. among the products that uh, milk screen provides, sorry, and yes. this is my favorite one is is that the milk screening milk screen. test. Yes, sorry, <laughs> yes, the milk screening test. So you can, if you do have alcohol, because that's another thing. Like it's it's quite a quite a sacrifice, but it doesn't mean that you can't have a glass of wine or two. Um, Don't kid yourself. You can just uh, get the right advice and and do what's comfortable. Some women are not comfortable at all to drink any wine, and that's okay. I could not do that. 
And um, I think I could have actually used the smoke screen product uh, back when I was. A friend eating. of mine used this religiously. She loves really? she loves her glass of wine, and she was actually in a proper routine. She would time her feeds, have an express bottle ready if she knew she was going to have a glass of wine or two. Then she would time the exact amount of hours, and then she would do her milk screen test, and then she would feed. And so it it was very helpful for her. So Upspring also provides other other products like belly binders and, and things like that. So just go on to Breast Pumps and Beyond, have a look to see what uh, brands they are working with and you know that it's uh, quality stuff and it's been used by moms. Yes. You and know, it's for moms by moms, essentially, this site. Another nice one that I read about when I was uh, pregnant, uh, uh, breastfeeding Jess, was the uh, Medela pumps that they, they have hospital-grade Medela pumps yeah. that they rent out. Um, there's information on all the different types of Medela pumps. They're, it's really a helpful resource. Yeah, for sure. I uh, personally can vouch for a Medela pump. I... But like I said, when I hit that moment where I, where I thought, my baby's in Niku, I don't have a little human to look after. The only thing I can do is pump, and pump I did. My um, family went out and got me a Medela pump, and man, it was my best friend for about, let's say, 14, 15 months before I gave up on pumping. And um, once I have number two, I will use it again. I fully vouch for these products and I will also go for the hands-free pumping bra. For me, exclusively pumping, that was the product of the century. I will so be using that. If you need to go hands-free, beautiful, beautiful product. Really, really helpful. Another thing, that little suction cup when baby's feeding on one breast, Mm -hmm. I used to pump on the other. Mm -hmm. But there is a suction cup that catches milk because for those who don't know, when you are feeding on the one boob, the other boobs the still let lactates. Down, yeah, it's the letdown's triggered, and so it does drip on the other. And breast. I actually met someone, somebody the other day who collected all of her milk, and it's a little bit, because obviously, because baby's not pulling it out, mm, or pump mm. isn't pulling that milk out, but it drops, and she collects that milk, and in a in one day from feeding her baby on the one side and catching milk on the other, that caught milk that she gets with that Medela suction cup, I think it's called a suction cup, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a little cup that catches the milk yes um she collects one bottle of milk i was just gonna say that's like a whole feed all the dripping that leaking that you're like oh shit my boobs leaking if you catch that in a little cup it's one whole feed that you don't have to pump yeah so um breast pumps and beyond thank you we will be hitting you up again this episode was an introduction to breastfeeding um from our side so people could hear our stories and because we're coming at the show as real moms with real stories and not as experts we armed ourselves Charlene and I armed ourselves with so much information and still things didn't go 100% smoothly exactly and that's not to say that if you're listening it's not going to go smoothly with you we just don't want people to feel shit about themselves exactly okay I think we've got so much to say but you know as always hit us up on Instagram, uh, Facebook, email at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com. You guys know our platforms by now, I'm sure. Hit us up. Tell us your breastfeeding journey. Share in the story a little bit with us. Um, We want to hear everybody's uh, different takes on it, whether it was a success, whether you hated it and gave up. I think that's it for this week, (laughs) Shani. Cool. Until Uh, next time. Yeah.
Keep your mom game strong. Okay, so I've been racking my brain, and the best story, honestly, is when Stevie was about 14 months old, and we were walking around Bedford Centre, we left Woolies, had to go into At Home, and Stevie decided she wanted boobs halfway around. So I ended up lifting up my top, pulling down my bra, and walking around Bedford Centre with a 14-month-old wrapped around my waist, attached to my boobs. The best part was the people in At Home thought it was the cutest thing they'd ever seen. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, as usual, email us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com and we'll get back to you.